Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sunday night. It's your buddy, Gavin, filibuster freestyle. Happy Mother's Day to my mother and all the mothers out there. Um, everybody loves their mom, at least they should. I bring that up because, and I say they should, because it's Wine, Wall, and Dragons. Season 8, Episode 5, the second to last episode of all time tonight. I'm talking to you guys at about 20 of 9 in the East. Game of Thrones about 20 minutes away from starting. And if you recall, when Tyrion Lannister murdered his father, Tywin Lannister, who, by the way, was asking for it, HBO was brazen enough to have that patricide happen on Father's Day. And so many are speculating, including our own pundit, Dan Ruddle, that does HBO have the foresight to have the mother of dragons, Daenerys Targaryen, pass away on Mother's Day? Or... Cersei Lannister, who, as the, uh, Tyrion, Tyrion excuse me, said last week, she always loved her children. Um, will that mother, an expecting mother, will that mother maybe perish tonight on Game of Thrones? We're going to find out on Wine, Wall, and Dragons. As an added bonus, Dan O'Brien will join us after the theme song, as always. Dan is now watching Game 7 of the Philadelphia 76ers, his team, and the Toronto Raptors play in the NBA playoffs. Um, Dan is going to be, between this game, which right now is a very close game that Philadelphia is leading by five in the third quarter, between this game and this episode, 80-minute episode of Game of Thrones tonight, we may not start this podcast until close to 11 o'clock, or sorry, 10 o'clock, or sorry, yeah, 11 o'clock. And uh, fascinating radio, by the way. Anyway, but he's going to be so spent so burnt out emotionally from either a huge win or a crushing defeat, and then whatever Game and Throws has in store for us. So I can't wait. Places listening this week. Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which I believe actually is Dan's dad. Dan's father uh, found the podcast apparently recently, and I think he may have downloaded and or listened to a bunch. So he's the number one listener this week, uh, at least the person in Cherry Hill, New Jersey is. Also want to shout out Cornelius, North Carolina, Charlotte, where I am right now, Barcelona, Spain, Ashfield, Australia, Makati City, Philippines, and Alexandria, Egypt. Okay, stay tuned for the theme song, filibusterfreestyle.com. On the flip side, Dan O'Brien, Wine, Wall, and Dragons. All right, ladies and gents, it is 11 o'clock in the East. Dan O'Brien has finished Game of Thrones, the late, the latest viewing, the DVR vote, the DVR viewing. On Wine, Wall, and Dragons, because you had to watch some NBA basketball playoffs first, correct? Yeah, it was just tragedy after tragedy for me this evening. Yeah, because the Sixers lost on what I've now seen was a a just ridiculous buzzer beater by Kawhi Leonard. Ball bounced off the rim three or four times and went in to end the series and the Sixers' season. So that Uh couldn't have been a fun way to start to watch the penultimate episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I wasn't in a great headspace going into the episode. Which is unfortunate, because... They really lean right into like negative headspace on the show as well. It was um, dark. It's a dark episode, and it, it, it off the top. I mean, by the way, season season eight, episode five. Spoiler alerts are starting right now. So, <laughs> so in a show in which 
Daenerys Targaryen wins and Cersei Lannister loses. The fact that you said what you just said, uh, and you, we've talked about it, it was kind of a dark and unenjoyable show. The fact that they could be both this, both of those things at the same time is incredible. Yeah, and and I, I don't want to say, I, I will agree with you, it was certainly dark, obviously, I, I already said that, but I, I will also agree with not necessarily enjoyable, but I, that doesn't mean not good. Correct. Um, you know, we'll put it that way. I think, and there's a few things they did that made themselves very heavy-handed. Um, the, the burning of innocent people was them probably justifying whatever they try to do next week, but... I was here for all of everything Danny was doing up until she started just literally torturing the entire town. Would you agree with that? Like I was here for, I don't know. I was here for all of it until she started burning all the little kids, and then they started showing it all. Really? No, I, I that, basically I have usually I end up having like four pages of, of like scrawling random notes. I have two pages, and at the three quarter mark of the second page, I wrote. Danny's done a really nice job of limiting civilian casualties, um, and then I just wrote, "Oh no!" Yeah, it just went it just went off the rails quickly, and yeah. Uh, anyway, my note, my note stopped there. Yeah, and, we'll, and we'll, yeah, I and mean, that's fine because a lot happened after that. But it's all it's all one. I wrote a lot of it down. Two, it's all really massive stuff. So yeah, you, you know, I think I'm just gonna tr- I'll try to go in order, but I'm also not gonna write or comment on every single sentence I wrote because. A lot went on. They really shoved a lot in there. Um, but, I mean, we start off with Varys writing a note that he wants to send via Raven about, a raven about John's true identity. A little girl appears. Apparently she was trying to work on poisoning Danny for Varys. Um, yeah, one of his little birds. Yes, so he clearly... Um, by the way, your little birds aren't going to do as well on Dragonstone, buddy. That's Daenerys' house. Um, but he made his choice, because last week he said that he and Tyrion had a choice to make. He hopes they choose wisely. Um... Bottom line, Varys tries to confront John. Say, dude, you're the ruler. John says she's my queen. You know, but the, the craziest thing is they they go to the map room, you know, in Dragonstone, and Tyrion tries to tell Danny that she's been betrayed by Varys, and he's like, well, actually, it was John. And then Daenerys already knows that John told Sansa, Sansa told Tyrion, Tyrion told Varys, and Varys decided he didn't like the idea of Danny being queen. How the hell yeah. did Danny find that out? I, I, I think she just put two and two together. I, I, that wasn't too. My my question is how how come Tyrion came in so blind? He walked into that conversation and was just completely blindsided by um, Danny being able to to connect those dots. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Which which it's it, it just another in a series of three straight seasons of bad moves, Tyrion of just underestimating or. Yeah. Um, yes, and he and he actually would go on to later in the episode trump himself from this dumb decision. Yeah, or this lack yeah. of information. Um, but they do a really good job of making Danny look pretty strung out during that conversation, and it's clear she, that she she's full on, she was on full on uh, requiem for a dream makeup right there. Yes, yes, absolutely. So they're really trying to lay it on thick. They're really trying to get us to basically change our mind about this person who we've all come to like, really love and respect. For 11, nine years, whatever the hell it's been. It seems like a hundred. Yeah, it's been a century of loving and respecting, you know, the breaker of chains, 
you know, the mother of dragons, et cetera, et cetera. She pulled us, she pulled us all in. Well, not all of us, but she pulled a lot of us in by, by some gratuitous nude scenes early on in the season, yeah. in the, uh, the series. Early then on. Was, totally. Then she was a redemption story. She was easy to root for fight for the good people. Uh, and it's sort of really a not full circle kind of 180, uh, from, from that. Yeah. Just super quick. And we've been, we've been predicting this for weeks that like one of the main probable outcomes is just a heel turn. She is her father's daughter. She's the mad queen, if you will. Like her father, Eris the second was the mad king. Yeah. But shoot, they laid it on thick. But anyway, they gave us the strung out makeup look, like you said, recreating for a dream. And she's clearly fixated on winning at all costs. Now, I will say this. I actually forgot this scene even happened. The show had so much in it. But Grey Worm and the Unsullied come to get Varys. Varys knows he's in trouble. He leaves his little rings behind in his goblet. Um, Tyrion tells on himself to Varys. Kind of a a bold move to say, hey, man, it was me. Sorry. Uh, And then the ironic foreshadowing, of course, Dan. Varys says, "I I hope I'm wrong. Goodbye, old friend. He really took it like a pro, first of all. Varys took it like a pro, the betrayal. He, he did. The only, my only note on this, uh, not only, but one of, the, one of the main notes I had is that just Varys was really going on the limb with, uh, which is basically as, t- asking anybody who would listen to betray Danny, And that's very out of character for him uh, from what we know over the last, you know, out of any of the books and the last eight seasons, he's a very measured um, and doesn't do anything without like knowing all the angles. You know, he's not somebody who takes chances. He's not somebody. He's also not somebody who, you know, he always says that he's like this. He's not for any particular king or queen, but he's for the realm. Yes. He always, he always has said that. But he's also done some awful things for awful kings and queens in the past. And so I really have a hard time having this, uh, you know, accepting his whole morality turn. Um, and like totally putting himself at huge risk, yeah. uh, because because Danny doesn't seem like a, a, a nice queen to him. Uh, I feel that doesn't feel it seems out of character. Basically. Right, well, that's what I mean. Like they they're they're doing like incredibly incredible leaps of faith, taking a decade's worth of evidence. And then go into the contrary in like an hour or two. And again, and I think a lot of this can go toward to can be applied to Tyrion too. In that, like you know, you've got two from the beginning very cynical schemers. And I know there there's been like you know they Tyrion's always had like a heart of gold type type thing. Sure, but they, they were cynical and just you know they were schemers. Um, and to have them switch to like bleeding hearts, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a strange turn that doesn't feel. Um, yeah, it feel, feels abrupt. It feels very abrupt, and that's why it still boggles the mind that they decided to do, you know, six episodes in this year and seven last year when, you know, twenty hours of TV in each would have been better, you know. But I'm, I'm not here to pick this apart yet because we're still in season. I'll do that on the I'll do that on the epilogue version of the show, Wine Wall and Dragons. But, uh, you, you know, Danny. Um, oh, so I'm sorry. So. Varys takes it like a pro. Drogon pops in out of the shadows. Didn't know he that was, was cool. didn't know he was there. And yeah, I like he, that. I like that pop in. That was cool. Absolutely. And but he burns Varys to a crisp, and that just sets the tone for a lot of people's fates tonight on Game of Thrones. Yeah, we were off and running. So Varys is dead. That's our first main character. Someone we probably thought was going to die two weeks ago in Winterfell. Nope. Made it back to Dragonstone. Burned alive. 
Goodbye. And that's also to think about like the turn and the different arcs that this this uh, series has had over the years. Varys is somebody who we were we were all actively rooting to die the first few seasons of uh, of the series. Correct. And you know, he was complicit in Ned Stark being killed. He was in in on that. He's helped like little thing. He's been on he's been on the bad, the wrong end of a lot of mean, nasty things. He has, and now he's his watch has ended. <laughs> So, um, Grey Worm gets a little keepsake from Massandra from uh, Danny. He promptly throws it in the fireplace. So he's on board with Team Dracaris. The sense yeah, that- he's on board, and I, and I understand that. But at the same time, I, I, I get it. But everybody in that castle and that army or whatever has lost like two, three, or four people that they are like in love with, care about deeply, whatever. So, you know what? Slow your roll, Grey Worm. I know this is the first time you've ever had a girlfriend, but I'm not like don't don't you can't turn heel just because of that because every well actually everybody else in that army kind of did turn heel at the end. So I, I was going to say they they basically <laughs> took the liberators and made them conquerors instead. Uh, yeah. So basically, what I'm saying is never mind. Carry yeah. on, Gab. Yeah, I'll just keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's just showing little cracks in the armor of of fighting for the good team. You know. Um, yeah. I will say this, until the very end, Danny and Grey Worm and her crew kind of, they went from kind of like the babyface wrestling term heroes to kind of more of the Stone Cold Steve Austin late 90s anti-heroes, and then they just went straight, like, you know. Full on heel. Full on heel. Yeah, all, yeah. all in the course of two weeks again. Um, which again, plotting, but whatever. So, John asks for an audience with Danny. She says it's fine, Grey Worm, let him in. He says, I don't, I don't want the damn crown. But she says, far more people in Westeros love you than me. Then they go, the show goes for one more love scene gone awry between John and Danny. And, you know, she, says, you know, she says, am I only your queen? And basically his non-kissing back says, yes, you're only my yeah, queen. I'm just happy to say that uh, Aunt Daenerys French kissing her nephew hasn't gotten any easier to watch over the, over these past couple of seasons. So not one bit. But also, he was a little bit misleading because he said, "Danny, I love you," and she's like, "I love you," and then started to get up in his grill. And it's like he meant like, "I love you" as a family member, you know. But he should have quantified that because they do have that awkward history. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he should know what he's saying. What he's saying there, um, and that is sort of a jerk move. Uh, kind of little bit leading, and it's putting her in a bad position. It's setting setting her up to to make the French kiss that he that he then rejects. Correct. So I guess that's on him, but also she is his aunt. Correct. So there's no winners, but there's definitely no losers. So there's oh, we're all losers, I guess. No, there's there's losers. Definitely. I think we're all losers. But yeah. it is interesting how they don't lean into the incest with them. But of course, we get a, a big heaping helping of true love in between Cersei and Jaime. For the last twenty minutes of the show, we'll get to that. Yeah, this is this was, I guess, the good incest, right? But again, they've turned these people bad, or at least Danny bad. I don't know. It's it's a whole <laughs> thing. It's just uh, it's not confusing. Like I get it. I just don't feel like putting it into words because, like, we we're still talking about this. <laughs> There's so much more. Here. Yeah. Um, Tyrion tries to re- reason with Danny, and this is where Tyrion gets too smart for himself again. He's already um, thought about like five plans to like. Make sure his sister and his brother and the unborn child like get to walk out alive. He's not trying to like slow Danny from winning. He's trying to make sure his family isn't eviscerated. But you know what? You can't have it both ways, buddy. And he every time he tries to do it, he gets screwed over. And so 
Danny's playing for blood. There's no reasoning with him. He begs her to call off the attack if the bells ring in King's Landing. She never verbally agrees to that request. Kind of gives him a little bit of a pump fake eye look and then looks at Grey Worm and she's like, don't worry about it, Grey Worm. We're not going to, we're not going to yield. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, Tyrion is exhausting. Exhausting. He, he's been exhausting all season. I think he's been exhausting most of last season. I, you know, we all still root for him. We like him. Um, he was the breakout star of season one, I would say. Him and Danny. Um, no doubt. But his lot, like, I can't sit here and understand how and why his, he's continuing to appeal to, um, to Cersei's good nature. You know, after he, she's tried to kill him since he was an infant. Yes. She's been, she's probably the one character who has been consistently evil from the first time we met her until tonight today's, today's episode consistently every single time correct since 2011 and in the book since like the 1990s every t- every other character has had a good argument has had you know peaks and valleys maybe except for maybe Kyburn. Um but she's the only long running character who is always bad and Tyrion knows that better than anybody she's tried to kill him like I said since he was a baby and ongoing has had bounties on his head millions of times she set him up and done all sorts of terrible things, and he continues to try to get a, talk to her and uh, like think of the innocence. And she's never thought of that. She doesn't care. Right. And the fact that you think you can change your mind is, is hubris. So the best part is Danny says to him, after he's explained himself and said, you know, ring the bells and blah, blah, blah. And she said, you know, number one, we captured your brother trying to sneak behind enemy lines. Mm-hmm. Next time you fail me, it will be the last time you fail me. And he decides to go right to Lord Davos and say, "Hey, can I get a favor to smuggle my brother out of the friggin' tent?" <laughs> like, Jeez, so there are some loose lips in this camp. I'll tell you that. Loose lips. I can't believe Davos helped him out, but whatever. But, dude, I mean, again, I love that. I don't actually. I don't love it. I appreciate the effort where they tried to have Tyrion free Jamie as Jamie once freed Tyrion after Tyrion yeah. had killed their father. But I don't care, and I knew it wasn't going to end well. No, it, it, and I thought the same. Like I thought I, it was a lovely scene. I thought it was really nice. And, you know, Tyrion saying like you're the only one who didn't treat me like a monster. That's lovely. And I, I was. I'm not, I'm not going to go as, <clears throat> as far as to say that I was choked up, but I was moved. It was but, a nice scene, yes. But it also felt, I, I also felt that this is one of these two's goodbye scene. You know, like one of these, one of these two is not making out of this episode. And you were uh, right. I, it turns out I was. Jamie Lannister's dead. Again, spoiler alert. If you're still listening, it's on you. Um, <laughs> all right, so then you get, we're back at King's Landing. Cersei's opened the gates. The floodgates are open for all the small folk to come in, and she's trying to basically use them as like a, a human shield for the siege. Yeah. Probably not a good idea for those folks to go in there, but, could, but you know, they're, they're, they think that they've got a shot to live if they go in the city. They didn't know what was going to happen. Um, cut to Danny's army, which has gotten much bigger again. <laughs> I guess the guys, the guys from the north finally made it down. Um, as, you probably, as you probably know, you know, you and I and probably uh, the millions of other people around the country and the world uh, have hours and hours of Games of Thrones conversations throughout the week, just talking about theories, talking about whatever. Sure. And I was talking to some people today, and the thing that made me so mad about last week's episode is that 
two weeks ago, one of the most amazing moving scenes I've ever seen was the Dothraki charge and with the the yes. and then it all being snuffed out in 15 seconds. And you're just like, they just wiped out the entire the, the entire Dothraki horde right there, and they were the big, the best horse fighters in the world. And oh my god, this is so intimidating and scary, and that's and sad and whatever. And then you find out the next episode, they're like, oh yeah, we still have half the Dothraki. You're like, what? No. And now they have a ton of Dothraki. They have a ton of Unsullied today. Ton um, of Northmen who didn't want to fight. And the Northmen who is left in the north? Nobody. Like, no, they, there was only seven people left in the castle at the end of the battle two weeks ago, and then all of a sudden there was some, enough to fill a hall last night or last week, and now here there's enough for a, a giant army to come down. Right to literally take King's Landing. So, you know, um, interesting stuff. So I did write though, just going back to the Tyrion thing really quickly because I, I kind of like my notes here. Um, Tyrion's going to release Jamie. Jamie's back to being a full heel. Tyrion has an escape plan for them. Tyrion is a dumb dude. He's trying to do the right thing, but he's aligned with the wrong people to do it. No, he's basically sacrificing himself that to let Jamie escape to try and convince Cersei to quit before the battle starts, which there's no knowing. Listen, I don't know Cersei. I've never met her, but Tyrion grew up with her. There's no way she would do that yeah. plan. Yeah, nice last-ditch effort, except worst plan possible. So we get some ominous cello music, and then we see our guy Euron Greyjoy. We get a quick cut to Arya and the Hound rolling right into the city. Oh, they're so awesome. That was that. I, I love those too. Jamie's rolling into the city as well with a hood on. Hound's got a hood on. Arya's just like, I don't need a hood. I'm rolling in my face. I don't care. At this point, we all still felt good. We were all excited. We were all like, "Okay, it is. We are going to have some confrontation." Yep. The gang, uh, and, the gang between a number of different important characters. This is going to be good. Yeah, the gang's all here, and then we see the Golden Company. Sounds elephant, but they're ready. Harry Strickland leading the charge out in front, leading the Golden Company. The very famous great fighters, Golden Company, never, lo- never have a, uh, you know, quit a battle or something like that. I don't know. Correct. And we'll get back to them and their, and their lack of an elephant. I will say this, though. The elephant wouldn't have mattered tonight. No, not at all. You could, have, you, you could have had 50 elephants. Would not have mattered tonight. No, not at all. So that, that turns out to be a throwaway line. <laughs> Instead of a plot, a plot device, that was just a throwaway line. And I liked it. And it will always be with us. Speaking of the person who delivered that line, Cersei looks out to the city. And I love that she's got this glib look on her face. I was just waiting, like, what is, I wrote, like, what does she have up her sleeve? Like, there's got to be, where's the dragon fire, you know, the hidden plan, what do these crossbows have something else going on? Is there a transformer? What's going on? Right. She's so confident. Yes, I was waiting for, like, a second, like, a new ice dragon, I was waiting for, like, the reincarnated ice king, something, something that that would explain her smug face, and it turns out there was nothing. No, um, just, her plan sucked. Terrible. <laughs> so terrible. J- Jamie gets locked out of the city. Arya and the Hound get into the city. They all eventually get in, but the wind picks up. Euron looks at the sky. Drogon is basically in free fall in a good way for him. Coming, coming down from the top, like we suggested some strategies, like not, not coming from the front, but coming from up top. Yes. And then circled around in the back and all that good stuff. So the Navy shoots and misses with the, the last week incredibly deadly crossbows that this week had really no effect at all. 
Um, no. And Danny just starts to blow stuff up left and right with Drogon. Which I wish he had done, uh, you know, we all wish he had done last week. Um, maybe we can credit it to it was a surprise attack last week and she got flustered. That she's, she's only ridden the dragon in battle a handful of times still. Uh, and she had time to plan this time, I guess. But also, it just seemed, it was as if she was fighting completely different weapons. It also, correct. It also seems like she didn't have Tyrion involved in the battle plan at all, which really helps with the strategy. Because his strategy has sucked for three seasons. So, yeah, yeah, her plan, she learned from last week's mistakes, and the weapons were no longer uh, plot devices to help even the score and make it more dramatic for us fans. So she just literally ran through the entire Navy in about ten minutes. In the seconds. She in made seconds. the gates of the city explode with yeah, Drogon. That was, that was cool. He basically went nuclear on the Golden Company. I literally wrote elephants would not have mattered. Yeah, and, they and, got just the Golden Company got Dothraki. And they definitely quit in that battle. They started running away. Yeah, and they they got wiped out. And they got absolutely snuffed out. And you know what? At this point still, I wrote, and I'm not afraid to admit it, I kind of love it, exclamation point. No, we were all having fun. These were the bad, this is, this, they were put two armies, good versus evil, or good-ish versus evil, and th- this was this was great. I, I, I loved it when the dragon came through that wall, blew it up, and burned the Golden Company. That was pretty cool. Um, you know, they weren't this Harry Strickland and his crew. He's very generically named Harry Strickland. Um, they weren't necessarily bad guys, but hey, they were they were hired and fighting for Cersei, so I was fine watching that and seeing the strangely numerous Dothraki cut through them. Awesome. Yes, yes. the Dothraki multiplied big time from having zero two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to say this. Since they decided to let Drogon just go wild tonight, can you imagine what would have happened if she did have three dragons? Good lord. I mean, it makes you think how ridiculous, how easy in hindsight now that those first two dragons went down. I guess the first one there was some magic involved. So what are you going to do? Yeah, magic on magic on magic. That's if that's a fair fight. And everybody yeah. knows that the best javelin thrower in the history of the world, the Night King, is basically a walking icicle, a magical walking icicle. Yeah. So that's fine. So that's I fine. Get it. He's a magical uh, guy. So anyway, yeah, last, week, last week's dragon. Like if they had had both the dragons tonight, it would have they wouldn't have even lined up. The Golden Company would have left. Everybody would have just. Which gone home. Correct. So anyway, interesting how the dragon. Apparently, all you need is a one dragon lead. You know, people were worried that she blew a three dragon lead. It was down to one dragon. At the yeah, end of the day, everybody, you just need one dragon. Yeah. As we we've solved that mystery, you can put that baby to bed. So, what I kind of learned from this before we get into the bell starting to ring, but Kyburn rolls up to Cersei and he tries to tell her it's over. He's like. It's over. And she said, but the Navy, they're sunk. Nope. <laughs> uh, but the Golden Company, they're all nope. burned alive. But the walls, blown to pieces. God. But I love how she said for the first time of the night, but not the last, the Red Keep is the safest place in the whole whatever. No, it's not, because there's a giant dragon perched across the way. It's, it's safe I, because no dragon has attacked it. <laughs> That's why I was sitting on my couch, as I'm sure many others were. Be like, wait, so that's that's your your whole plan was just laid out. We all knew this all along. It was, that was it. There was nothing else to it. Yeah, you're the you're the lady who blew up everybody in the Sept of Baylor. Yeah, she's a genius. She's a she's an evil genius. Yeah. So phenomenal stuff. 
So then we get the standoff where the Lannister men and John and Grey Worm and Davos are kind of all staring each other down. Tyrion is looking for someone to ring the bell. I think Jamie has finally found his way in to like ring the bell. Call for the surrender. Do you think, Jamie's plan, do you think Jamie's plan was to ring the bell? I thought that's what he was going for for a while. But then who who rang it? I forget who rang it. I don't think they, did they ever. I don't think they ever showed. Oh, okay, my bad. Okay, I, I thought I in I thought that it could have been Jamie. It could have been somewhere else. But in hindsight, after watching the whole episode, I think it was just some guy. You know, some of those soldiers that were putting down their swords. That's fair. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Actually, now that I think about it, so everybody's waiting for the bells. The bells come off, and of course, then we get a slow motion. And this was the moment. This was the a, turn. Yeah, a slow motion. Danny just surveying the scene. Bells are going off. And she just doesn't give a damn. And I thought she was going to go right for the Red Keep. Which is completely understandable. If you want to blow that up with Cersei in it, blow up. Fine, have at it. And that is like a choice that the show, in my opinion, you know, I don't know where they're going next week, but they could have made that choice. And you know what? A lot of folks would have died. A lot of folks would have been afraid for their lives. But at the end of the day, she came and did the job she was supposed to do. But instead... She decided to go and get gratuitous violence on it, and just she went evil. She went, evil. and you knew when they were showing all the women and children, like yep. you know, laying on thick. Yeah, it was just like, oh, so this is not gonna something bad's gonna happen, and maybe they'll be saved. Who knows? But it's gonna get worse before it gets better. And it turned out it just got worse. It just got worse, and so John is horrified. He actually has to kill one of his own guys who's trying to like. Plunder right. some poor woman, and so John. Raping and pillaging. The good guys are ra- start raping and pillaging. They start killing unarmed civilians. They start killing soldiers who have already put down their weapons. Um, it got, and that went on. I feel like for the next twenty five minutes. Yeah, Grey Worm throws a spear through a guy. Grey Worm turned. Grey Worm, America's sweetheart. Grey Worm <laughs> turned completely evil tonight. You know, you kill a guy's first girlfriend right in front of his face, he's going he's gonna to snap. And apparently he did. Listen, I'll be honest here, and, and I don't want to make a light of the situation, but I've never lost a girlfriend to death. You know, I have not either, and I hope that I will. I don't have any girlfriends anymore. Yeah, I, 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 am, I am engaged, so I hope I don't have any girlfriends. But, but, I, I hope but I'm with I you. I'm with you. Raping and pillaging <laughs> if it happens, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I'd like to think I could, you know, try to find some positive outlet instead. Eventually. I think, I think you could. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. So let's talk about Jamie and Urine Greyjoy have a standoff. And before we do, of course, the secret place that Tyrion tells Jamie to go to find his dinghy and get up into the Red Keep is exactly where Urine Greyjoy swims ashore when he Washes up. almost got blown to bits off his boat from Drogon an hour earlier. Of course, he picks the exact same spot to swim to. He washes up in his pleather outfit and, and mascara. Still intact. Not Eyes not, not running. running at all. Nope. And the, oops, it's it's uh, Cersei Lannister's two suitors. Yes, and I believe Euron says something like, Kingslayer, have you ever killed, would you want to kill a second king or something like that? And Jamie, of course, yeah. takes the bait and says, you're no king. And he's like, I am when I, you know, had knowledge of the queen carnally. And yeah. um, he said it worse than that, but I want to be nice to the viewers here. No, Euron definitely started it. Euron <laughs> absolutely picked the fight. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was one of the things that my wife said during, she's like, oh, these two idiots. Like, No question. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm fine with their confrontation. 
But after watching 10 minutes of like this giant climactic battle and things start going a little south and sour where all these innocent people are dying and get burned up and the queen who we've been following for seasons is turning heel. Then you got these two dorks fighting out of a, they're fighting over a girl on the beach. You're like, the stakes just aren't high enough over in this corner. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, what are you guys doing? There's other stuff to worry about. Stop. Like put your swords away and just you know, go save your, your sister slash lover or whatever. Well, totally agree. Like for instance, Jamie, two weeks ago, you defeated the army of the dead. Yes. You're on last week. You killed a dragon with a single, with like three crossbows, which we didn't think was possible. So, like, you, your legacies are much more intact than having a, 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 like a common fight over a girl. Over a girl. And, and also, Jamie Lannister, two weeks ago, defeated the Army of the Dead. Last week, fell in love with somebody. Yes. <laughs> else. Uh, and then this week is fighting to the death on the beach. And again, the other guy started it. I get it. But sure. Totally. He could have walked away. So Jamie gets stabbed quickly, and then we get, we come back to that fight in a minute because then Cersei's back at the Red Keep saying this place is safe. And I just wrote, has she seen Drogon and what he's doing to the city? Has she seen this yet? Yeah, I feel like she was heavily sedated throughout this entire battle. Because Milk of the poppy, perhaps? Maybe. It, I, you know what? Very good, very good call because she was just not on her A-game leading up to the preparations. But also Tyrion's the one that did all the good preparations at the... Uh, Whatever that big battle was back in the day. Blackwater. Blackwater, for sure. Absolutely. He, he's the one that saved the city. So maybe this is sort of like exposing Cersei for, you know, not not being the devil's in the details, you know, and she's probably not in on that. Totally true. So we go back to, we go back to Jamie. He gets stabbed again, this time maybe by his own sword, but he finds a way to draw, drive his sword all the way through the middle of Euron Greyjoy's gut, and... Euron says a couple good lines in a row, another king for you, but I got you, I got you. And then when he dies, his last, his last words are, I'm the man who killed Jamie Lannister. Again, you shot down Rhaegal last week, a dragon. Who cares if you kill the one, one-armed man? There's no other living person on the planet of wherever this is that Earth. has ever killed a dragon. That, not who has killed a dragon. Nobody cool. else living has done it. No question. He's done it. And he's, again, it's the small potatoes talk. Like, who cares? Like, yeah, you, okay, you killed. And it also turns out he was wrong. Correct. <laughs> he didn't quite kill Jamie Lannister. The falling down of the entire, entire Red Keep onto Jamie and Cersei's heads killed Jamie Lannister. We assume. He would have bled out, but you're right. We assume. We didn't see them die on screen, though they were covered in bricks. Probably, yeah. It seemed that way. I think that might be the end. We digress. So, but I will say, you're in Greyjoy, quite the showman, but in death, but that's okay. So finally, go ahead, sorry. He's a poor poor man's Jack Sparrow. (laughs) He totally is, for sure. Um, The Hound and Arya finally have a little bit of a heart-to-heart as the building starts to crumble. He's like, listen... You don't want to end up like me. You don't want to end up chasing revenge the rest of your life, hell-bent on it no matter what. And she actually takes his advice and says his actual given name, Sandor, thank you, and already decides to go her other way. Uh, you, forgot, you forgot that his name was Sandor because we just call him the, the Hound so much. Um, right. If you didn't read the books, then you, would practically, you, know, you might have heard it mentioned twice in eight years. Right, exactly. Um, but so, Sandor so. Clegane... You know, there we go. So I knew right then and there that as Kyburn was moving Cersei down to the the, the Mygor's uh, 
Negros hold fast, excuse me. Yeah. Um, that that the Han was probably going to run into his brother the mountain, and he did, and we got Clegane It was it was great. It was it was very good. Um, I was. It's been years waiting to see the mountain without that helmet. Yes. Um, and not only do we get to see him without the helmet, we got to see a bare chest uh, mountain, dead dead mountain mountain zombie. Yes. And it was interesting. It was super interesting. Great job by the makeup department. Yeah, they they worked extra hard this entire episode with everybody. No question. But, you know, I, I, awesome first line, of course, from, from the Hound. Hello, big brother. <laughs> that was great. And then Cersei just... And, and then what, is, uh, what does the Mountain do? Well, so Cersei tells the Mountain to stay put. And the Mountain keeps walking. And Kyburn runs his dumb mouth and says, I command you. And he smashes him against the wall like a grape and then throws him down the stairs like a bag of potatoes. And Kyburn is dead. Uh, which I loved, but I would just... I, I mean, the mountain has really smashed a lot of people's heads, like exploded them. Yeah. And I feel like Kyburn, with all the creepy, weird, bad stuff he's done, I feel like he deserved to have his head exploded. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he died. I laughed and cheered when he did die. But you know what? I, I think he could have been, had his head crushed. I thought that would have been a little better. But anyway, I'm happy. Yeah. What I also enjoyed is that both the Hound and the Mountain were like, Cersei, keep walking down the stairs. If you make it out of here alive, good for you. <laughs> like, she just daintily creeps by. I'll just be, keep on going. I understand you two seem to have some business. And yeah. this has got nothing to do with us. <laughs> exactly. So I'll and see it, you guys it, if you it, get out. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. Um... The hound puts his sword all the way through the mountain's chest. The mountain is not phased and pulls it right back out. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty pretty telling. So then, at, that point, at that point, you have to be like, well, what what will it take? What has he got to do? Reassess my strategy, or you know, back out, back off. Right. What has he got to do? So then the hound. She's kind of in trouble against the mountain. They cut to Arya. She's getting trampled on. It was kind of like interesting because they were both fighting for their lives differently, you know. And it was cool how they would show them kind of taking similar hits and bumps. But uh, the Han was getting hit by his brother, and Arya was getting hit by like falling rocks and like crazy people running everywhere. But they were kind of having similar like you know fights for life, if you will. Well shot scene, I thought. It was well shot, but I'll say it felt uneven because you have. Sandor Clegane, the Hound, um, you know, basically fulfilling the destiny that we've been seeing for him for since we first met him. Yeah, that he's going to get revenge on his brother, um, and we it kind of went pretty much how a lot of people would have expected it to from beginning to end. You know, yes. Uh, but then they, you're switching over to Arya, who's just getting trampled in the streets by randos, um, and you're like, why? I, it just felt. Not the stakes were different. It was they, the stakes were you know it was life and death for sure, but it was like the Hound is fulfilling his storyline. Yes. On one end. and on the other end, you have Arya, who I'm not even sure what she's even doing in the city anymore. I'm not even sure why she was there. I know she was there to kill Cersei, blah blah blah. But like, why are you even here? And now you're you're getting trampled by by people in the street. It just felt strange to me. Yeah, it's like she got away from the White Walkers and killed the Night King. I think she can get away from a crowd of people who are frenzied. Yeah, you just put it better than I could have, yes. Well, you, you set it up for me and I had a minute to think about it, but the bottom line is this is another example of somebody not holding true to form just because we're running out of time, which is BS. 
But anyway, going back to the Hound of the Mountain, Hound stabs the mountain like 12 times. Face, neck, ears, whatever. Mountain doesn't care. Mountain does tries to go for the eyeball grapefruit smash move again, like he did to the Red Viper back in the day. Yeah, and that's what that's what I was for about two seconds. I was worried that we were going to see the good. hound get splattered, right? So then the hound puts a knife right through the middle of the mountain's face and head. Good move. Mountain pulls it out, and the hound just kind of laughs in that crazy, crying, laughing thing that we all do sometimes in our life when we are incredulous. That do is, we? Well, people do. do- do we, do we, Gavin? I don't know. People do it. Let's, should, we, should we dive in? Is everything okay, Gavin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm no. all right. So, all right. no, that, that crazy laugh that we all do when we're about to die. Yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> sure. So, anyway, we've seen other characters, at least in fictitious, uh, you know, adventures do it. So, the hound basically sees his only way out, besides getting killed, is to jump at his brother, push him through a brick wall, which is crumbling, albeit because of the burning of the building, and they both fall what looks to be hundreds of feet into a blazing inferno, which is the Hound's worst nightmare ever. But I I thought that was as fitting and perfect and, like, I'm not going to say it was surprising because it wasn't. It seemed like pretty much, you know, that what we, if you were, if I was to bet what was going to happen, it would be like, oh, they'll probably both die somehow. And when we saw, the, when I saw that they were up on the elevated and the whole wall was gone on the one side, I was like, oh, they're probably going down because you're not going to kill a mountain any other way. No, he has to fall <laughs> thousands and thousands of feet and then burn yeah, alive. But I was, that was, I would say that was the one piece of this episode where I was just completely satisfied and pleased and just like, Yep, that is what I expected. Not that I want things to go as I expected, but that just seems like a fitting end for both these characters who I followed from the beginning, one who I really liked most of the time, and one who I didn't like at all, ever. Yes, 100% true on both counts. So, I got a couple other notes that really aren't that important, but let's get to Jamie and Cersei. They're in the basement of the Holdfast, in the area with all the old dragon skulls there. Pretty, very fitting. That a live dragon is burning their dreams to the ground, quite literally. Jamie's way out to the dinghy, completely sealed shut. Cersei loses her mind. Wants to have the baby, wants the baby to live, doesn't want to die. Can't stop saying it. My only question, my only point is, Cersei, you literally have had a million chances for it not to go down like this. Oh, this was all on her. And she's kept it cool in situations like this in the past like you could like we at the battle of blackwater yes. she was she was ready to die and she, she was, was ready like, to die and i understand you know being pregnant which we all i, I still assume that wasn't true um, i have no reason to, to think otherwise other than she's a filthy liar but, <laughs> besides that besides that little yeah, nugget other than that you know it seems like that that was the truth she really did she she really did break down and she was at her wit's end but like you said this could have ended so much better for her if she had done 25 different things just slightly differently. Yeah. Well, at, at any given point, at 25 different points along the road. Any one of those 25 things could have, could have got differently for her. Yeah. She, she as, as bad as Tyrion has managed things and made decisions over the last couple of years, Cersei has been equally as bad. Yes. And, you know. I would say on the fly here, it wasn't planned, Cersei peaked... When she blew up the Sept of Baylor. That was peak Cersei. 
Um, she looked like she was bound for defeat. She found a way. She rope-a-doped them all into one place, and she blew them all up, and that was genius. I think Tyrion was was peak Tyrion. I don't even remember when he was peak Tyrion, man. I, I think he it does, was. I think you have to say Blackwater. Yeah, probably Blackwater. So because she, and when ever since he's been up with Cersei, um, I'm not sure he's had too many high points. Correct. Or not Cersei. I'm sorry, with Danny. Danny, ever yeah, he yeah. He's, Danny, he's pretty he much has held her back. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of high points. So Jamie says nothing else matters, only us, which is what he's thought forever and what she never really thought, and that's why they're both going to die together. And it appears that they get buried underneath the entire castle. Yeah, and this is brother and sister, bad incest. Yes, bad incest, and they are snuffing it out quite literally. Yeah. So we get to Arya. It was uncomfortable to watch. Yes, it was. Of course it was. We get to Arya still somehow alive. It looks like she's alive. It looks like she's in that Will Smith movie. I can't think of the name right now where he's the only person left in New York City. I Am Legend. I Am Legend. It looks like she's in I Am Legend. She finds a lone horse, which very fortuitous. And then I wrote, is it real? And then I wrote, or is she dead? Did you think she was alive or dead at that moment? No, I thought she was alive the whole time. I, just didn't... But I, I will say real quick, the, the mom... That like saved her, that picked her up. Yes, and then ended up dying, and their daughter ended up dying too. I assume. Yes. Um, the, that mom and the daughter were locked out of the castle. What is? Oh, but you know what? The, all the walls went down. So I guess. Correct. So then everybody got in. <laughs> Never mind. Carry on. No, no, no. Yeah, it was kind of like some symmetry. Where like, yeah, but didn't work out for them very well. No, sure didn't. And, you know, actually a little bit of a flashback to season one where someone tried to grab, someone did grab her, Sir Barris and Selmy, I believe, and saved her from, you know, screaming when her father was beheaded, Ned Stark was beheaded back in season one. And the little girl should have gone with Arya and she ran back to her mom. That's when she was engulfed by flames of Drogon. Um, Look at you. Look at you just showing off, pulling out the Sir Barris and Selmy. Dude, it just came. It's like, I'm so tired. It just came out of nowhere. Uh, I, I am. Blown away. I'm so impressed. I was like, the guy with the white beard. It's her bathroom. It just worked out. Um, but she finds a lone horse. I thought maybe it was a weird, like, end of um, season two of um, True Detective with Vince Vaughn. At the end, there's a weird, like, heaven scene. It sucks. I thought they were going to maybe hit me with one of those, and I was going to be very upset. So I'm glad Arya's alive, and they didn't do her dirty like that. But she does run out of Dodge on a horse that somehow is the only horse left in all of King's Landing. I'm okay with that. Yeah, also, uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen True Detective Season 2. And by the way, as Andrew Patterson said to summarize it a few years ago, it was so bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Three, it was so bad. Anyway, this episode was not so bad. So then Fade to Black. Hell of an episode. To recap, Dead, Jamie Lannister, Cersei Lannister, Varys, The Mountain, The Hound, Euron Greyjoy and Grandmeister Funk Flash Kyburn are all dead. Yeah, I mean, and if you just put it that way, you'd be like, oh my cool. god, what an amazing episode and a happy ending. Because those are mostly all bad people. Correct. But, but, turns out, turns out, the Dothra- <laughs> all the Dothraki that keep multiplying like rabbits and the uh, Unsullied and all the Northmen and Danny and her dragon are all terrible people too. Yes. So now we've got to sort out the old problem called um, the war's not over because the lady who just won it is batshit insane. Excuse my French. Please, Gavin. 
They know you're upset, but jeez. That's why I saved it till the end. Uh, I needed to get it out there. She, she's the mad queen, and I'm not gonna lie. Still wish there was a way to get her out of this, but I think they laid it on so thick tonight, and she burned up so many women and children. It just can't happen. Yeah, she she crossed the Rubicon, and I feel like that she's she's got to die. But I, I want her scalp, and I want Arya to take it. Oh wow, that'd be that's interesting if Arya takes it. Um, Ooh, Gav, I think that's the move. I think that's that that's what this whole episode. What Arya's fifteen minute whole arc of like running from people and seeing horrors and watching all all this awful stuff happen to innocent people. Sure. Um, she came out of that horse, and I think. Whatever anger or uh, whatever she had directed towards Cersei is she's coming for Danny, and she also knows John's history, so she knows if she takes out Danny, John is the most likely guy to take her. So she's she'll be helping the family too. Um, and as my wife texted me, and I thought about during the episode, but didn't say out loud, so I will credit her, even though I thought it too, but she said it to me. Sure, um, Danny has green eyes. Oh no, she does have green eyes. Yep. So we were thinking Cersei, but no, maybe it's Danny. Wow, look at your wife who's only watched two seasons getting the prophecies right. Yeah. Pundit Darrow O'Brien of Southern Charm fame coming hot with Wild yeah, and Dragons. It turns out those hundreds of hours of, of studying and reading and things just didn't, didn't matter at all for me, and my wife can just pop in for a good 12 to 20 hours, and she knows. Solve the damn cool. riddle. Yeah, good for her. Good for her. I'm happy. Tell you what, you married a prodigy. We got to get her. We got to get her reading the books. I think that ship sailed. That's fair. By the way, can I hit you with a non-show related, completely outlandish Game of Thrones related prediction? Okay. So you know how George R. R. Martin hasn't finished the sixth book yet. Yeah, since I started reading the books about ten years ago, he hasn't finished a new one. Right. Yet. What do you think about this theory that he actually has finished it and he's finished the seventh and he's going to release them both at once, like shortly after this whole show ends? That'd be ultimate because I would buy them both and read them both if he did that. Oh, listen, he could release them together. He could release them separately. He could release them in six months. He could release them in six years. I'm buying them both and, and reading them. Doesn't, you know. I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm more intrigued to see how he would do it now that I know how, like, the HBO has done it, basically. I, I bet he has that at least one 90% written, and he's waiting to see how they, how this comes off to maybe tweak mm-hmm. his version. Yeah. And not that he didn't know what was going to happen, but just to see how it was received. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then he can tweak. What it, but I bet after this ends... It will not be long until at least one of the books. I don't know about both, but at least one of the books is, is released. Yeah, he, he's got to have six ready to go. But I, I just would love if he actually was like, you know what? I've actually been hiding both books for three years. Here you go. Here you go, minions. Yeah, because there's a million things that just aren't addressed, like uh, Caitlin Stark. Catelyn? Catelyn Stark, Stark, a.k.a. Lady Stoneheart. Lady Stoneheart. Yeah, there's a million things like she comes back in the books. Apparently, correct. Um, as like a zombie, like a, as it's kind of like Uncle Benjamin, like a like a non White Walker dead yeah, person. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, I think that's a cool theory, and uh, I bet that that is at the very least partially true. That'd be awesome if he got book six out sometime in twenty nineteen. All right, man. What you got? Anything else you want to leave it there and hope that next week we can uh, 
we can uh, tie it up I'll with a bow. This. It, it's a very, it's a confusing episode. I real, I enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, so much happened, but I was. It's very confusing and conflicting. Watching a battle where like you don't know who you don't know who you want to win, and who you want to win changes different at, at multiple times during the same battle. Um, because you know the people who you've been rooting for who have been the the good guys, a the Northmen or the the Dothraki, Grey Worm, and the Unsullied. Danny, for the most part, even though we kind of you know you could you could see that 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 term is coming. Those are people you've been waiting, you've been rooting for, and wanting to succeed and get revenge and what have you. Um, and then for them all to turn and it get really ugly really quick. It's like you, it's tough to know how to receive that. Yeah, you know? no, it's. Uh... <laughs> Pundit Cindy Harrington said she needed a minute, and that was like two hours ago. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's uh, it was a lot. It was absolutely a lot. It was it was a lot. And what what I know, or what I think, what I expect from next week, the last episode of the entire series, yep, is that the Starks are going to get. I, I don't know how, um, but Arya, John. Sansa, perhaps, are going to get revenge, but I don't know how they all their entire army is folded under Danny, and they all seem to be complicit and on, on the same page now. Um, so I, I'm not sure exactly how, but it could just happen with Arya just doing an assassin type deal. But it's all on know. the table. There are ducks in the pond. There's still intrigue. It's not going to be just a total epilogue. There's got to be more no. action. There's got to be more no, action. There, the one thing we can guarantee is that there's no way that Danny lives. Yeah, and honestly, I, I'm I'd be sh- I'd be shocked if Tyrion lives. I'm shocked that he lived already. He he wasn't even shown in the last thirty minutes of the episode. I feel like right once the, once the bell rang and Danny kept attacking or even increased her attack. I don't think we saw and Tyrion was just like, oh no, uh, I don't think we saw him after that. Correct. I'm going to assume he's alive, but I'm going to assume that I, I think he's got to die next week. So you have Tyrion, John, Davos, um, Arya. All the Starks. Sons, all the Starks, all them, all lined up on one side. Who does Danny have outside of Grey Worm? I think Grey Worm. And, and the entire army and dragons. But like, as far as like major characters in the show? Yeah, it's Grey Worm, it's Drogon, it's Danny. That's all she's got. That's it. And everybody else, like, you you know, you saw John give a look to Davos and they both knew, like, oh, this is messed up. This is, um, this is, this is completely effed. Yeah, exactly. And so they're all going to be on the same page next week, knowing that Danny's not fit to be queen and plotting and scheming and trying to make that happen. And maybe Arya's just going to come out of nowhere and kill some killer. I don't know. Well, it's a bold prediction. I like it. All right. Well, let's leave it there, Dan. Thanks for being on tonight. Stick around for a second. We'll say our, our uh, you know, off-air off goodbyes with everybody else. Wine Wall and Dragons, hell of an episode tonight. A lot of heads rolled. we got one more episode left. We're looking forward to it. Dan, thanks for being on, buddy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Gav. Talk to you next week. You got it.